reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and starting at the first verse. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarrelling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants, through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labour. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. I could listen to Dick reading the Bible all day, I think. Can we get you to replace Richard Attenborough on the, uh, the online version, please? So last week I, uh, I spoke about how discipleship is, uh, is much closer to an apprenticeship than it is to um, study and classroom learning. Um, it's about learning as you go, through instruction and correction, and often through mistakes, and sometimes through triumphs. And as I was talking with somebody this week about the challenge facing King Charles, uh, they said to me, yes, but he's had an amazing apprenticeship. In fact, he's had the longest apprenticeship of any future monarch, um, and uh, He's been influenced by the Queen from the earliest age, witnessing at close quarters all that she has done to discharge her duties. But not just that, not just witnessing, but, but growing in his responsibilities, making his own mistakes, learning as he went. No doubt encouraged along the way, and I'm absolutely convinced, corrected at times as well. As we think about discipleship, that picture of apprenticeship um, is really helpful for us. And our series on growing and going, this week we focus on growing as disciples, as being disciples but not remaining the same, but changing and growing. Because discipleship is about movement, it's not about a moment. We are to be disciples, we're not called to be converts. 
It's not a moment of decision to follow Christ, only for devotion to fall away. And I have to be honest, in my, in my younger years, and I, I gave some things away last week, didn't I, about, how my, uh, about my early failings in ministry as a, as a young youth leader. Um, but I've been guilty in some contexts of focusing more on the moment of conversion than the lifelong discipleship that must follow. But I'm learning from my mistakes as well. So what does it mean to be a disciple? I talked last week about the fact that discipleship is a word that we can have many different understandings of. What does it mean to be a disciple? And what does discipleship look like? What are the characteristics of discipleship? We're going to get into some of the characteristics in a future week, but but let's think about being a disciple today and growing as a disciple. It starts with a simple call. Jesus saying, follow me. And it progresses, hopefully, to a simple yes from us. But we will have different responses at different times. And some believe and follow at the first invitation. And there is just a a spiritual moment that nobody can explain. And they believe and follow. Some will believe in response to what they've seen, in response perhaps to a miracle. Some will believe in response to what they've heard, recognition of the truth of God's word, and God speaks to them and convicts them. And we see the same um, in different versions of the Gospels. Uh, If we look at Mark and Luke and John, we see um, in Mark, Jesus says, follow me. It's a simple invitation which is taken up. In Luke, Jesus says, effectively says, watch this and now follow me. So he performs a healing and then many other healings. And so in response to the invitation and what has been seen, the disciples follow. And in John, it's listen to this and now follow me. Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And in response to hearing that and seeing Jesus, some of the disciples follow. But however we give our yes at that first moment, it doesn't end there. And if we think about Thomas, one of the disciples, he believed enough to follow Jesus. He followed him for three years, but he still doubted later. He couldn't believe that Jesus was alive without proof. He wanted to meet the risen Jesus and not just seeing him. That would not be enough. He needed proof that he had died. He said, I need to see and touch the the scars in his hands and his side. Our discipleship is an ongoing process. As it was for Thomas, as it was for all of the disciples. It's a journey. And it's not about um, achieving maturity as Christians. We often think that we have to reach a certain point and when we are mature enough in our faith, we've made it. But it's not about that. It's about always maturing. If you think you've made it and your faith is mature enough, then you've misunderstood discipleship and life with Jesus. It's about always maturing. 
The word disciple, if we look into the, the Latin, I, did, I didn't study Latin, you'll be pleased to hear, but if you look at the Latin, it comes from the word disco. Isn't that great? I would dance for you, but nobody needs to see that. Um, but that's not very helpful. Disco is not very helpful. But if we look at, um, at the Greek, the word is mathetes, which means a learner or an apprentice. So to be a disciple, we often say being a disciple means following Jesus. Actually, it doesn't mean follower, it means learner. We can follow Jesus and ignore everything that he's doing. Pay no attention to it and be unchanged. It's about following Jesus and learning from him as we go. It's not study of a book or in a classroom. Not that I'm criticising those of you who are teachers and who choose to teach in that way. That's my preferred method of learning, I have to say. The, uh, the learning on the way is the harder stuff, in my view. Um, but it's not about study of a book or in a classroom. Um, and even our understanding of apprenticeship today doesn't actually match up with Jesus' understanding and Jesus' method of discipleship. In an apprenticeship, you are learning from your master, your teacher, and you learn to follow, observe, and imitate. That's not a bad start with Jesus. Follow, observe, and imitate. But it's more than that, even. For Jesus' disciples, it was learning to become like him. Not just do the things that they saw him doing, but learning to become like him. In the same way that, for good or bad, Isaac, my son, is learning to become like me. And I hear people say it, oh, he's just like you in that, isn't he? Sometimes that's a sharp or sarcastic word, and I'm like, oh my goodness, but you're right, he is. It's not just learning from, but becoming like Jesus. For Jesus' disciples, it was learning to become like him, and it should be the same for us too. Discipleship is not meeting Jesus, but following him and becoming more like him. In verse 1 of our reading, um, it says, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, because you are mere infants in Christ. You are immature You have so much to learn. And that is where we all begin. Our first step in following Jesus. We are infants in Christ. And we're probably nothing like him at that point. But the word Christian means little Christ. It means that we are to become little Christ. We'll never attain his fullness. But that doesn't mean we stop Um, seeking to be more and more like him. We are called to grow in Christ-likeness, to become more like Jesus. That word mathetes, that means learner, it's an active and an ongoing process. Um, It's not someone who has learned something for a while, but now, to be honest, their knowledge is a little bit sketchy and their passion has faded. That's not a learner in that sense. It's an ongoing process. The, the, uh, the, the verse in, um, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that says that we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds, is in the present continuous tense. It's an ongoing thing. Be transformed doesn't mean it happens now and it's done. It means 
go on being transformed. Be being transformed. It's a present, continuous tense, an ongoing process. There is always room for growth for all of us. There is always a next step in your discipleship. There is always a next step in my discipleship. Maturing as a Christian means moving towards Jesus, becoming more like Jesus, growing in Christ-likeness. 2 Corinthians 3 says, We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul said, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Romans 8:29 says for God sorry for those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son we are to be transformed into the likeness of Christ we are to become more and more like him so verse 1 of our reading starts with mere infants and verse 2 continues along that theme it says you're mere infants, and I gave you milk and not solid food, because you weren't ready for it. And you're still not ready for it. You have to work up to solid food. You have some maturing and some growing to do. And in verse 4, he gives examples of um, uh, evidence, if you like, that they were, they were not mature. He says, well, hang on a minute, you're still acting jealously. You're still quarrelling with one another. There is disunity among you. This is the evidence that you're not mature in Christ. But it doesn't stay there. It leads on to the theme of growth. And in verse 6, he says, I planted the seed and Apollos watered it, but it was God who has been making it grow. And there are three things I want us to notice in this one short verse. The first is the teamwork and the humility of Paul and Apollos. People had been saying, well, I follow Paul, and others were saying, well, I prefer Apollos. And yet Paul and Apollos in this verse are working together. One plants, the other waters. There is teamwork between them. There is humility because neither is greater than the other. It goes on in verse 7 to say that that we are both nothing. It's all about God. He's doing the work. We are nothing. They weren't bigging themselves up. They didn't think too highly of themselves. They knew that it was God that produced the growth. So the first thing is teamwork and humility. The second is that it's God who, who gives the growth. God who blesses the work that's been done. And the third thing is that it begins with our action. We can't just sit back and believe that God is going to grow us and change us and transform us. It requires us to be an active participant in that process. Paul and Apollos put in the work. Okay, one planted the seed, one watered it. But if God had tried to give growth where there was no seed and no water, there would be no growth. It required Paul and Apollos to do their thing. And then God rewarded them 
Note, according to their labour, according to the effort they put in, God rewarded them. There is a part for us to play, a vital part for us to play in our growth as disciples and in the growth of others as disciples. We're going to come on to that uh, much later on after this series. But we are to grow as disciples. We are not to remain as worldly. We're not to remain as infants. But we are to progress from milk to solid food. Hebrews 5 talks about milk to meat. That's where we need to get. But even then, when we're eating meat, when we're on that solid food, we don't just then stop and go, I've made it. Ah, that was a wonderful bit of steak. That was beautiful. I don't need to go any further. No, no, we keep growing. We keep moving on. So three things about growing as disciples to close. We grow as disciples together in community. Ecclesiastes 4 says, Two are better than one. If one of them falls down, one can help the other up. Two are better than one, but actually it says three is even better. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. I have a, a quote from, uh, from a lady called Alison Morgan who writes about discipleship. She says, Being a disciple of Jesus means being joined together to other people. People we have not chosen and would probably be unlikely to choose. We cannot be disciples alone. We can only be disciples together. Discipleship, she says, is a form of apprenticeship undertaken in community. Growing as disciples, we do it together in community. And following Jesus' death, what did the disciples, those first disciples, what did they devote themselves to? We find the answer in Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to one another's teaching. Jesus wasn't there to teach anymore. They were teaching one another. You can't teach someone else and not be with them. I mean, we, we gathered online and we did our best during lockdown. But it's not the same as being here. They devoted themselves to one another's teaching, to times of fellowship, to meeting together, to breaking bread together, and praying together. They did all of it together. All the believers, it says, all the believers were together. There were none who decided to give it a miss this week because actually it doesn't work out for me. I've had a busy week and I just need a bit of a chill on Sunday morning. Uh, or I've got something else on. Um, they were all together. All the disciples were there. So we grow as disciples together in community. The second thing is that there is still room for growth. Um, as I look out at you, many of you have been Christians longer than me. And my training in ministry doesn't overtake your length of, uh, of discipleship by any means. Many of you are wiser than me. Many of you are more, uh, I wouldn't say more spiritual, we're all incredibly spiritual, but are spiritual in different ways than I am. You've been a Christian far longer than me, and yet for each one of us there is still room for growth. God never says, I'm done with you. You can just stay where you are and remain as you are. 
The theologian Lucy Pepiat says, learning to follow Jesus is a personal journey and it takes a lifetime. It doesn't matter where you think you might be on that journey or how close you feel you might be to the end of it, there is room for growth for each of us. It takes a lifetime and it requires effort and commitment. Commitment to the process, but commitment to one another as well. It's an ongoing process. Be transformed. Go on being transformed. So what's the next step that you need to take in your discipleship? I've got a good idea what some of mine are, but only you will know for you. Maybe some of your life group, some of your close friends may be able to help you and give you a steer, but what's your next step for your discipleship? How do you need to challenge yourself? Where do you need to challenge yourself? Because if we're not careful, if we don't put in the effort, there will be no growth. And then the final thing is that we commit to growing together. Dallas Willard, the theologian, said, There is absolutely no suggestion in the New Testament that being a disciple consists of reading your Bible and praying regularly. Let me say that again. There is absolutely no suggestion in the New Testament that being a disciple consists of reading your Bible and praying regularly. He goes on to say, it's so much bigger than that. It's about gathering together. It's about doing life together. It's about becoming like Jesus together. It's about following one another's example. As Paul said, you follow my example as I follow Christ's. And we today might say, well, I want to follow the Queen's example in her life and her service and her discipleship. But we might equally look round the room and say, I want to follow the example of these people here. There are many of you that I want to follow your example. I want to be where you are at your age, if not a little bit further in my faith. But I'm going to need you to help me get there. And we are going to need each other to help us get where we need to be. In Acts chapter 2 verse 46 it says that every day they met together both in the temple and in their homes. So whether it's Sunday morning gatherings or a midweek gathering or a life group they met together. We're not changing it so life groups meet every day just to be clear. And we're not having a service every day, okay? But it doesn't need to be that formal. It can be a phone call, it can be a coffee with a friend, it can be just a chat together, it can be a small group of you going for a walk. Gathering together is important. They broke bread together, they ate together with glad hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And what did the Lord do? They committed to growing together and what did the Lord do in response to that? He added to their number. They grew in their personal faith and their relationship with God, in their confidence in him, but they also grew in number. God grew the church. They committed to growing together as we need to commit to growing together. 
How do we grow together as disciples? We commit to one another. We do life together. We learn from one another. We're humble as, uh, as Paul and Apollos were. No one is greater than anybody else. Each one of us here can teach somebody else something. Ephesians chapter 4. Um, I'll share this to, to close. Uh, Until we re- all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then we will no longer be infants, which is where we started today, where we started on our journey of faith. We'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head. That is Jesus Christ. We are to spend time with Jesus. We are to become like Jesus. And we are to do the things that he did. That's what our discipleship is about. Be with Jesus become like Jesus and do what Jesus did. And there is growth for all of us in that. There is a next step for each one of us in that. And we, we know ourselves what that might be. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the coming weeks too. I'm going to invite the band to come and join me as we pray. Yeah, Father God, we thank you for that picture of, uh, of Paul and Apollos planting and watering and tending to the seeds. And that reminder, Lord, that it's you that gives the growth. Lord, as, uh, as we consider our own discipleship, our apprenticeship with you, Lord, would you challenge us not to simply drift and do the things that we've always done, which may have been fruitful in their time, but Lord, challenge us to to push ourselves to be active in this uh, this process, to to play an active part. And Lord, I love that that um, that line of scripture that says that they were rewarded according to their labour. Lord, that it's, it's not about the effort that we put in but we'll be rewarded according to the effort we've put in. So Father, would you help us, I pray. Would you challenge us individually and personally and Lord, encourage us to speak to one another, to to challenge and encourage one another too. To take a next step in our journey of faith, in our, our following of you, in our learning with you and in our becoming like you. Father, we, we want to do this not for our benefit, but for the benefit of your church, and your kingdom, and your world, and all for your glory alone. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.